This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Mary Campagna, the author of A Guide to Healing, Find Inner Peace on Your Life Journey. For her entire professional life, Mary has been a self-employed businesswoman, first as a store owner in Hoboken, New Jersey, and later as an independent visual artist. Like others, life for Mary has come with its challenges, having lost her parents to cancer at a fairly young age, having a husband with compromised health due to MS and Lyme, and dealing with anxiety and depression after an undesired move to California away from her East Coast roots, family, and friends. With a strong desire to show up as the best possible mother and wife and to live a life of deep personal joy, Mary engaged in rigorous studies for well-being, including life coach training, mindfulness, NLP, and nutrition. She also took classes and continues to learn about healing depression and anxiety, stress reduction, healing trauma, and eating for optimal health. Mary has led workshops on stress reduction, positive body imaging, nature as medication, and works one-to-one as a whole life coach with her clients. Mary has also worked in a medical office, providing cardiac patients with stress reduction techniques to further their healing and is actively pursuing more alliances with doctors to help their patients achieve higher levels of healing. Mary's mission to help people rise to their happier and healthier selves inspired her to co-author her recent book, A Guide to Healing, a simple guide that helps people mindfully and gently explore their lives, teaches practices for improved well-being, and features Mary's beautiful nature images in hopes of connecting the reader to the healing power of Mother Nature. Mary's vision is to continue her coaching practice with individuals and groups, write more books for well-being, and create a healing center, bringing all people together to learn about and practice holistic well-being, natural healing, and also to have fun by connecting with others through self-expression creative classes. Meet Mary at peaceandhappy.com. Here is the interview with Mary Campagna. In your own words, who is Mary Campagna? Mary Campagna. So Mary Campagna is a human soul, um, or let's just say a soul, in a human's body who is upon this earth, just trying to make it a better place, having my own experiences and learning and growing 
and bringing what I've learned and all the wisdom that has uncovered during my journey to others upon their journeys. That sounds wonderful to me. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, A Guide to Healing, Find Inner Peace on Your Life Journey. I have a few warm-up questions, as you're already familiar with, and I mentioned before. The first one for you had to be this one. What is your understanding and idea of inner peace? Inner peace, one of my favorite topics. (laughs) So inner peace is really connecting with that part of you that is so much more than what is visible. And so it's really trusting, having an inner trust and knowing that everything is happening for you and everything will be okay and that you're evolving and you're here for a reason. It's just really acceptance of what is and being okay with it and knowing that you can change it too. I love the component of trust. That's a big word. That's a very big word, especially on this planet. What is happiness to you? So I feel like happiness is so personal. And so for me, like what makes me happy, I'm just going to say is different for everyone else. And um, I feel like you can't really bottle happiness because, again, it's just so personal. And so for me, happiness is really just being fully self-expressive and really helping others, helping others with with what I've learned and feeling like I am valued in what I do. And so, and also connecting with the earth and connecting with others. That's what happiness is for me. I have a lot of components of happiness. A lot of things make me really happy, so... <laughs> That's a loaded question, yeah. but generally for me, it's easy for me to access happiness now it is. Do you somehow separate uh, joy from happiness or do you connect them? I absolutely connect them. Um, I do remember, I remember hearing someone describe joy and happiness and They said that joy has no contingencies whatsoever. It just comes from within. It bubbles out. I thought that was really lovely. But for me personally, I feel like happiness and joy are cousins. They go hand in hand. They walk together. What is life to you, Mary? Not what life is about, but what is life itself? Right. So life itself is consciousness. And it's being, so I'm going to just, I'm going to call it life on this planet because I, on some deeper level, I just really do believe that there's life elsewhere. So I'm just going to describe it on this particular planet. And so I just feel like it's, again, it's just that consciousness. It's that being, having a soul and a human body and being able to fully express and love and joy and happiness and pain and the whole experience. And so it's the emotional body and it's like the whole bowl of like luscious, beautiful being. Do you see an opposite to life? I do. Absolutely. And so because I interpret life as being here on conscious on this planet, then the opposite 
um, would be that your consciousness leaves your body. You're no longer here as a body. Now, are you still here as a soul? I have no idea. <laughs> right. Some people might say yes. <laughs> Me, I say, I just don't know. My other question about life is, what do you think is the ultimate purpose of the human experience? I am 100% sure that it is just full-on authentic expression of yourself. And what does that mean? That means that you are not in fear. It means that you are, you're not even in doubt. It means that you just trust that whatever is happening is absolutely happening for your good and or for your expansion. And so um, that's how I feel. What do you love most about being a woman? Oh, my goodness, Valeria, that is so beautiful. <laughs> you know, most, I mean, I don't like to generalize, but so I have a husband and two sons. And so being a woman and a family of males, it's very obvious to me that, that I'm very sensitive. And so I feel like there's that feminine desire to nurture and that's and and sensitive and wanting to just take care but and so I love the fact that I was able to give birth I love that women are on the up and up which I'm so happy about and I love to be part of this time to know like to have witnessed my mother and her generation and how women were just starting to really rise to the top but now to, to be in a woman's body and to be part of this evolution is just, oh, it's just so juicy. I love it. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman, in your opinion? Oh, my goodness. So naturally, as a female, it's instinctual that you want to be presentable and look beautiful and pretty and attract the right mate. And so I think that I know for myself, when I was younger, I had a lot of internal struggle with my appearance. I live here in California, and I have to say that the messages that I see in the media, local media, are very geared toward looking perfect and beautiful. And so I think for women, I think it's challenging in our culture. I'll just say where I live and that is to to maybe not fit the um the view of like what's beautiful in our society and feel really good about yourself that's a big challenge because the messages are constant even about aging and it's i just feel like i i'm strong enough now in who i am as a woman and so when I coach younger women and moms especially, I just feel so grateful to be able to really guide them to feel so good about who they are inside. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? Oh my goodness, yes. So I love coming up with acronyms. I love words. I love acronyms. And so the acronym that I created for SOUL is source of unconditional love. And so to really hold that energy in your heart, like for real, to look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, I'm like a miracle. Look at me. 
this is amazing. Like I get to be here. I get to live. I get to, to have this amazing body. Yes. It's a resounding yes. In your book, at the end, you have a quote written by you about freedom, being free. I love that. So I'm not going to mention the quote now, but I, I have a question for you about freedom. What is freedom to you? What is to be free, Mary? Oh, my goodness. So to be free is to know that you are absolutely infinite. You are boundless. You are a soul. And so to accept that and then live here, be part of this earth, this existence, holding that beautiful energy and really being like holding in your heart that you you can be a full expression of yourself. That is freedom. That is such freedom. It's it's lack of fear. It's lack of being afraid of being judged. It's full-on self-expression without fear. That's what freedom is. Do you believe that it's possible to become fearless, to have no fear at all? Or this is a practice? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it takes tremendous practice, but I do remember... And I love this, listening to Martha Beck, who is just someone who I really love to listen to. And it was her that I heard for the first time, faith and fear cannot exist in the same space. And so it's a practice and we are human. It's very natural to have fear. As a matter of fact, it's instinctive because anything that's out of place or wrong naturally will respond to it. We have to know what's wrong. And so I just, I just think it takes practice and it's absolutely possible. Yeah, you just spoke about fear and faith. So in a way, it's a practice of faith, of trust. Yes. And, I, and please know that by faith, I don't mean necessarily religious faith, but it's, it's interchangeable with trust. And speaking of religious beliefs and dogmas, do you use the word God? I just thank you for this amazing question. It's excellent. It is excellent. So the reason why I, um, I do use the word God, but I have to say that for me personally, I really, again, created an acronym because I felt that I feel like God is so, it's American. It's the Catholic religion. And so what about other religions? What about Allah? What about just other, other religions? And, um, you know, the Indian culture and all those, every other culture, everyone has their own name for it. And so for me, I created an acronym. I, I do say God, but I can only say it wholeheartedly knowing the acronym that I created, which is Grace of Divinity. And so when I say God, I sincerely think more in terms of the grace of divinity or divine intelligence. So I just really, it's very hard for me to, for me to use the word God because I would never want to disrespect anyone who has a belief in, you know, Jehovah or whatever they decide is what's right for them. Right. So it's more about the divine energy or divine force. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love that, Mary. At this time, given the current situation, what is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? I am so positive that it's collaboration and acceptance. I feel so strongly that we all suffer the same pain. We all experience the same love. No one owns the pain. No one owns the love. These are energies, fear, faith, trust, all of it. And so the sooner that we recognize that we are all human, like put put aside the identity, the country, the if when you really peel back all of those layers, though all of those self-identifying layers underneath is truly the human heart. And so when the human heart is able to truly connect and collaborate, then we can do anything. We're amazing creatures. And might I say, I just have to interject one thing, and that is, you know, I studied um, Reiki. And one of the things I learned that I thought was so fascinating is that when you have two people who are standing close together, that what happens is their energy starts to entrain. And so, for example, like if there are two clocks and the pendulums are swinging at different speeds, eventually those pendulums end up swinging in synchronicity. And so the faster that human humanity can embrace that we are all one, you know, that all drops in the ocean, that we're all here together as a family, the sooner we're going to create an uh, even more beautiful paradise here on this planet. What would you say the first step is? So the first thing I have to say is I almost feel like the universe is starting to do it for us. (laughs) And that is by creating this um, pandemic. And so if you really consider the virus, if you really go underneath, like, what is it? It's this outside thing that all of us as human beings are really, you know, supposed to be unifying (laughs) over because it has... It just doesn't have any political or religious or like it's divisiveness or it's not meant to. And so, again, the first thing is just to recognize the first step is to say, look, we're on the same team. What can we do together? We have to start collaborating. And might I say it is the human condition because, you know, I remember 9-11 when I was in New York. And what was the first thing that happened? People want to help. How can I help? Are you okay? If you're in any public space and someone falls, people run over. Are you okay? How can I help? What can I do? And so I truly know, I just know that it is a human condition, that we are born with love. We just got to get back to it and be on the same team. Yes. With podcasts like yours. Thank you, Mary, for the encouragement. Yeah. This is an amazing collaboration. Yeah, I'm calling these days uh, spiritually inspired collaborations. Hello. <laughs> How did you become a writer? So I've always loved writing. I have volumes and volumes of documents <laughs> on my um, computer. And I'm sure you do too. Right. And my journals. And, and I love reading. And I, love, I have a tremendous library. Anyway, but this guidebook happened it was it was because um so I'm just going to say that 
when I was younger, my parents died at a fairly young age. And um, actually, the age I am now is when my mother died, 58. You know, there was such a search for healing. How do we heal? What can we do? And sadly, they didn't. And then years later, you know, I was very overweight and I just didn't like my body. I, as a matter of fact, I was like enemies. I was at war with her. I call her Sage now. Anyway, long story short, I always had this dream of really like being able to write and share my experiences. And then as life would have it, I met a woman who's an editor and a graphic designer also. And I was telling her about my idea and she said, oh my goodness, absolutely. Let me help you. This is fantastic. And that was just the encouragement I needed. And I just got to work and said, okay, let's go. And that's how this book evolved. How wonderful. Did you set an intention when you wrote the book, A Guide to Healing? I did, actually. So the intention really, honestly, Valeria, is I feel that it's just so easy to neglect your body with, you know, making choices that maybe don't align with your best health. And I understand. I get that. No, you know, it's fun to be human. It's fun to have sugar, you know, ice cream, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's so vital to take care of your body and love your body and help your body take care of you. So my sister's a nurse and Adrian, I'm also an artist. And so my sister, Adrian said, Mary, your artwork is so beautiful. It's all, it's mostly me. It's, it is, it's all nature. She said, when I'm with patients in the hospital, they are in bed and they would love to get outside. That's all they want. Can you imagine if you created like something for people to look at when they're in the hospital, they could see your beautiful images. And so that idea partnered with the idea of writing to like, okay, I have a captive audience. Let me really talk to the person who's in the hospital about their body and taking care of it and healing and supporting oneself. And so the intention really for this guidebook is for anyone who needs to like be in a better place, who wants to up-level their, like taking care of themselves. Do you connect self-care to self-love? Oh my gosh, yes. Not even a question. And so if this is how I feel about self-care and self-love. So when you establish that rapport with yourself, you're like, you know what? I'm like, I'm amazing. Like, wow, look at my body. All of a sudden, self-care becomes effortless because you just want to take care of yourself. You want to be happy. You want to experience. You want to just eat properly. And, and yes, if you're going to have wine, so what? You know, like, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. But as long as you're like 90% and a really like taking good care of yourself with whatever it is that speaks to your heart, then oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I agree. So before I ask you more specific questions about the practice of peace, which is another beautiful acronym, Pause, explore, align, choose, and experience. So before that, let me ask you this question. Why did you choose to become a life coach and also an artist? Five years ago, well, first off, let me just back up and just say very quickly that, you know, after my parents died of cancer, they both died within eight months. It was really hard for me. 
And for many years, I really, I just struggled with being happy. I ate way too much food. I had excessive weight and I was unhealthy and I had, I was at war with my body and my appearance. And so I didn't really value myself. And then what happened is I went to therapy. I went, I got a life coach and I got through it. I'm like, okay, like I'm okay now. Like, wow, I love my body. I shed the extra weight. I exercise daily and I love it. And um, I'm, you know, really good. And then what happened is five years ago, my husband, his job uh, ended up transferring here to California from the East Coast. And we lived on a beautiful, in a beautiful um, home. I loved it. I just, I loved it. And honestly, I really didn't want to move. And so when I came out here, I just had to adapt. And it was very challenging for me because I just like put my heels in and said, I don't like this. I hate it. I don't want to be here. And so rather than flow with life, I was in the resistance mode. And then what happened is I just like, I just went rock bottom. I was rock bottom. And I said, okay, Mary, here's the deal. You are the mother of two wonderful boys. You have an amazing husband. You have got to take your, you have to take care of yourself. Like, come on. And so I said, okay, let me start researching. Let me research how I can help myself because I really want to be empowered. And so I started researching life coaching. I took amazing classes. I learned about depression, anxiety. I mean, oh, there's just so much wonderful information out there and so many wonderful people that you can listen to. And so I took all of that. I lifted myself up out of that black hole. And I said, you know what? I'm going to help others do the same thing. I must. And so that's where that came from. And then the art, I just love, I love creating. It's my nature. It is my nature. So no matter what, I will always be an artist also. Let's talk about the practice to inner peace that you have created. You outline five steps. So talk to me about each one of them. The first one, pause. I love that. That relates to resting. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And so, okay, so I'm just going to say that this was written before COVID. <laughs> so many people, you know, just we lead such busy lives and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But in my humble opinion, I feel that it's so important to just take a step back and evaluate your life and really decide, like, what do I want? Like, what do I want with my life? And so hence pause. Pause is inviting the reader to just take a step back, relax. And again, this was written with the intention of the reader possibly being somebody who is in a hospital or in the doctor's office or whatever you know, not in their optimal health. And so this is really just inviting the reader to just stop and let's just look and pause. Would you say that pausing, it's part of living a balanced life? Absolutely. It's absolutely part of living a balanced life. And it's also permission to just be and rather than do. And so in the pause, I believe, is where you can really discover yourself. The next one is explore. Talk to me about explore. Right. So once you pause and you're just in being, then the explore is really reviewing your life, asking questions, asking yourself questions. 
and really looking at what's around you. I really liken this to being on a hike because I love hiking. And so the pause is, wow, I'm tired. You know what? Let me just stop. The explore then is just standing there and just looking around and saying, where am I? Where am I now? And, and where do I want to go? How am I feeling? And so I, I've included a lot of questions just to help you kind of dig in. Not too much, but just enough. And then the align, is it okay if I continue with the acronym? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then the align is more questions and it's about really finding out who are you? What do you like? What do you like about you? What do you like about life? And what do you like to do? And really like being with you, not you in life, but you as a person. And then choosing is exactly that. It's making choices about what feels so right with your aligned self so that when you start moving on that path, you see a horizon. You're like, you just feel really happy about the choices you're making and where you're going. And then your experience is just that. It's the whole experience. And I do recommend setting up goals. And I don't really, I hope that people, you know, when they read it, I don't want it to be that they have to like have a goal, have to have a goal, have to move, move, move. It's really for the intention to just have something that you are so looking forward to doing, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be big. It could be small. And so that's the experience. Just enjoy. Within the explore section, you talk about the practice of reframing. Mm, I love reframing. Yeah. How do we do that, Mary? Yes. Reframing is fantastic. It is such a great practice. And so for anyone who's not going to read the book, please at least learn how to reframe. And so just as an example, let's say that you end up in the hospital for whatever reason. You have a very busy life. And so it'd be very easy to say, oh my God, I can't believe I have so much to do. This is terrible. I Like, how am I going to get through all this work? And the reframe then would be, wow, like my body actually is giving me a rest. It's telling me to just rest and pause and be. So basically reframing is turning whatever situation you're in into how can I, how, what can I do to make this better? Or how is this helping me? So that's what reframing is. It's just putting a different light on it. And um, it's really important. And so with moving out here, for example, to California, my initial response was, or I'm going to say reaction, was, oh, my God, I hate it out here. It's so hot. You know, I'm not with my friends. I'm not with, you know, family gatherings. The reframe is, oh, my goodness, I actually get to evolve into a stronger me. I get to learn how to do that on my own two feet. The section choose you have the practices of self-care or practicing self-care and then you have the body self-care mind and spirit talk to me for a moment about these practices perhaps just one the most important practice for body and then mind and then spirit okay thank you so the most important practice for body self-care is really just 
feeding yourself nutritious food that is vital for your well-being and it, it gives you energy and you feel so good about yourself. The mind self-care, in my opinion, is really learning to reframe and really just accept that whatever is put in your path, whatever obstacle, whatever challenge, that it's okay. You're going to learn from it. It's a lesson. And so just reframe to how can I, not, oh my God, what if, it's how can I? And then for the spirit, the best practice really is, um, it's just connecting with yourself. Now, of course, now I'm like, well, what did I put down for those practices? <laughs> what did I put down? Okay, yes. Honestly, for me, I mean, this is so personal, but spending time in nature. So let's say you don't have to go into nature. Some people really don't like to, but at least to, to connect with it in some way, even if you smell a flower or you look at the food you're eating or you look at the trees or the wind or the sky. And this just, it really lets your spirit know that you're part of all of it and it's all part of you. And so it just gives you that boundless feeling that, wow, I'm part of this and I am infinite and life is okay. It's going to be okay. And really, when you look at nature, she's always okay. Right. right. How did you get to believe in miracles? Oh, I love miracles. <laughs> and I love your story. <laughs> Thank you for that question. Just long story short, I was raised Catholic and my father always asked me, Mary, you must believe in God. You must go to church. And he was a mathematician. And there was a part of me that thought, hmm, you know, dad's pretty logical. He's very, um, he's a smart man, but, and he believes in God, but I don't know. It's just not me. And he would always point out, he pointed out synchronicities that happened for him. He's like, Mary, let me tell you what happened. And he told me stories of really synchronicities slash miracles. To me, they're the same thing. And anyway, and then through just having that as my foundation, and then listening to my sisters who are all believers in miracles. But more than that is really reading books about people who have undergone what I would consider miracles. So spontaneous healings. Evan Alexander wrote Proof of Heaven. Anita Morjani, Dying to Be Me. These are amazing miracle stories. And for me, it was just proof positive. Yes, I absolutely believe in miracles. And once I really accepted that, all of a sudden, all these synchronicities just started happening. I've been, I started noticing. And it's such a beautiful place to be. I am 100% certain that miracles happen. And I'm wondering why so many of us don't believe in miracles. Valeria, I am surrounded by people who uh, believe just the opposite of me. Right. Honestly, the way I feel is that their time will come. <laughs> like, right. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's such a personal journey. Like, you just have to go through it. Anyway. It's amazing. So I have a few questions. Before I ask you these questions, would you like to add anything? Or read a passage in your book? I would love to read a passage, yes. I would just love to add one thing, and that is that your body is designed to heal. There's so much information out there. We're just living in such an amazing time of human existence, in my opinion. And so if anything is not right with your body or doesn't feel right, 
you can research, you can, you can learn on your very own. It's, it's very empowering. And I'm just so grateful that our bodies are amazing miracle machines. Anyway, so this is um, what I'd love to read my poem. It's called a brand new day. So what if one day you realized you are free, free to listen to your heart, to take care of yourself, to imagine and walk toward your possibilities, to express yourself, to summon more of your inner strength, to fully believe in you and me and us. What if one day you woke up in the very place of which you dreamed and found yourself infused with joy and peace and so much love and appreciation for the miracle of you as you are right now and all you have the potential to be in this beautiful, breathtaking, magical, challenging, magnificent, heartbreaking, extraordinary adventure we call life. And so let it be. I love the words you choose to use. <laughs> oh, thank you, Valeria. They are wonderful. What is another word for healing? I'm going to say um, acceptance. I'm going to say acceptance. I, I can't give one word. And so I'm just going to say acceptance that everything is as it is meant to be in the moment and that I have the capacity to improve my, my well-being. That's what healing is. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Thank you so much for that wonderful question. So I just have to say that I... I um, before COVID hit, I was watching a documentary about radical remissions, and it focused on people who were diagnosed with horrible conditions, and they they um, healed. And so I remember saying to myself, "My goodness, if I was given if I was given a diagnosis, then what? Like, how would my life change?" And then all of a sudden, what happened is COVID hit, and I said, "Oh my God." The whole world has been given a diagnosis because none of us really knows. Like, we don't know. And not to, like, I'm not trying to be fearful. I'm trying to be hopeful. And so I was already in the process of, of the diagnosis, per se, quote, unquote. For me, at this point, the only thing that would change is I would dedicate so much more time to helping people, so much more time than I am already. But that would be it, really, because I already shifted. A lot miracles happened for me, and I've already shifted my time. And now I'm just so excited to get this beautiful book out. I'm working on another book and coaching, and I'm going to be a hypnotherapist. And I'm just so excited. I love when I hear this from my guests. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. That says a lot. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I know that we're here to be full expressions of ourselves, particularly love, that we are here to create and spread more love, that I know for sure about life. I know that gratitude is a portal to well-being. It's so important to use gratitude uh, just to lift your heart, lift your soul. It's really vital. And I also know that, um, right, it was gratitude. 
Oh my goodness, Valeria, it <laughs> slipped away. Oh, I don't like when that happens. Anyway, anything is possible. Anything is possible and our bodies are designed to heal. Those I know, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say that our bodies are designed to heal is probably, it's just so important and it's such a beautiful truth and we're so fortunate to have these amazing bodies and life and be here. Yeah, right. Right? I so agree. lucky to be here. Yeah, That connects to gratitude, right? I love what is said that word again. It has been a wonderful experience. I love how light, how positive and peaceful you sound. So is the manifestation of the words you write the alignment? So I can see that alignment. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you so much. And please know again, thank you so much for doing what you're doing because to take the time to interview people and, you know, research what their mission is. And you have done your own writing as well. This takes a lot of work, a lot of behind the scenes. And I know you have a team, but I just have to say thank you because I know for myself that podcasts have been integral in helping my well-being. You're touching so many people, and I'm just so grateful to be part of your team. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for your wisdom and your beautiful, is the word that comes to mind, beautiful presence. Thank you. Thank you. So I do have one more question. This is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your work, books, products, services, and future projects? Yes, absolutely. So my website is called Peace and Happy. The and is spelled out. So peaceandhappy.com. And I have all my information there and I just keep expanding. And yeah, so. Wonderful. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, Valeria. It was so nice meeting you. Same here. Thank you, Mary. Bye for now. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Mary Campagna and her work, please visit peaceandhappy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.